This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. It's Friday, 9 a.m. on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder, and this is Chamber Chatter, a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders. It has been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps. My business leaders with me today, uh, joining us via Zoom technology, are Melissa Firms, president of the small but mighty Copeg Chamber of Commerce. Nice to see you again, Melissa. Charlie Lefkowitz, he's the president of the Three Village Chamber of Commerce, and Bob Kern, who is the president of the Riverhead Chamber of Commerce. Melissa, Charlie, and Bob, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to join us this Friday morning on Chamber Chatter. What I have for our listeners today are three chambers from Suffolk County, one from the North Shore, Three Village, one from the East End, Riverhead, and one from the South Shore in Western Suffolk County, Copeg. So let's start with you, Charlie. You're the president of the Three Village Chamber of Commerce, which actually serves six communities, as I checked. Stony Brook, Oldfield, Setauket, East Setauket, South Setauket, and Poquot. Is that seven? That's seven. All right, so I'm a little confused, and I'm thinking maybe our listeners are a little confused. What are the three villages that make up your chamber? Well, we look at it as uh, Stony Brook, Setauket, and East Setauket are the hamlets in the town of Brookhaven. Um, but it also includes the uh, South Setauket, which unfortunately has a different zip code, uh, not even a Setauket zip code, and the villages of Oldfield and Poquart. But yes, it's uh, the home of Stony Brook University. Our chamber was founded in 1976. Uh, we have an 18-member board. We have an executive director, Jane Taylor, who uh, has been our executive director for the last several years. Uh, we have an executive committee of six members. And uh, again, we are home to Stony Brook University. Uh, That is our economic engine in the Three Village Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Many of the university uh, staff and departments are members of the Chamber of Commerce. And currently we have about 150 uh, paying active members of the chamber. We probably have another 250 people in the community that call themselves members of the Chamber of Commerce. you know, our primary goal is really to protect and promote uh, business, uh, small, large, uh, within the community. And, uh, you know, during these times, especially uh, advocating for our business owners uh, along our main streets. So I'll tell you a funny story. I have a brother that lives in East Setauket. And in preparation for this program, I called him and I said, what's the difference between East Setauket, South Setauket and Setauket? And he responded immediately, I have no idea. So here's a guy who lives there. Uh, you tell me, what, what is, how do you see the difference in those, those three uh, communities? Well, I am actually the first Ward Melville uh, graduate uh, to serve as president of the Chamber of Commerce. So I grew up in the community uh, my whole life. Uh, Stony Brook Village is uh, 11790. Setauket and East Setauket is 11733. And there's a dividing line 
that runs supposedly along 25A, uh, which separates uh, north and south. And that is the difference between Setauket and Setauket, when we talk about Setauket, many of you have been uh, to our historic uh, green with the Caroline Church, the Presbyterian Church, uh, the MS Clark Library. That is really downtown Setauket. And East Setauket is really our central business quarter along the 25A uh, area, which is really the south side of 25A. And, you know, Stony Brook is uh, defined by the university, Old Stony Brook, and uh, a large subdivision of uh, the Levitt Homes in Strathmore. My brother did say the distinction between the three Setauket's is that the best people live in East Setauket where he lives. So, well, and <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always a long running joke. And, uh, you know, we're just so fortunate to live in such a wonderful community. Uh, I think anywhere, any, any place you live within the three villages, uh, you, you, it's a real special place. And, you know, yeah, if you have someone, a relative that lives there, you probably visited and you know why. Yes. Um, talk to my audience for a second uh, about the challenges of serving so many distinct communities. Most chambers represent one or two. You're representing a large number of communities here. Does it pose any additional challenge for you? Well, it, it doesn't in the sense that that community is served by one school district. And uh, we work a lot with the local high school and the local school district on, on many uh, events. Uh, but the challenges are, uh, you know, working with such a large member as Stony Brook University. You know, before pre-pandemic, 50,000 uh, people would, would be up at the university every single day. Uh, you know, they had a student body of somewhere around 20 to 25,000 students, undergraduate. You had university hospital uh, and you had all the ancillary businesses that were on campus. So, um, you know, in itself, Stony Brook University is, you know, on a daily basis, it's its, its own city. Um, you know, getting that city and the local community to work together, to live and do business together, um, really took 20 years uh, of work by, you know, the founding fathers of our Chamber of Commerce. Um, many years ago, I worked for the town of Brookhaven, and I was approached by some of the chamber uh, representatives saying there's a real disconnect in the community. There was ongoing problems with the growth of Stony Brook University. There was some ongoing anti-business sentiment from a local civic association. And, you know, this chamber board, our current board, has healed uh, a lot of that miscommunication and misinformation that may have existed uh, between groups that just were not always so pro-business. Um, and, and, you know, we've made our community a better place, you know, certainly to do business and, and certainly to live uh, with those efforts. And, you know, I, I sit on a lot of different boards. And uh, I really have to say is my 18 member chamber board is probably the greatest board I've ever served with. Well, that's, that's a big good. statement. That's a nice size board, right, Melissa? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Melissa, I, I know your town and chamber pretty well. Um, as I mentioned in the open, you're a small but uh, significant group who somehow manages to get a lot done with a limited amount of very dedicated people. Um, you recently replaced a president who served for 12 years in that role. A shout out to my friend Sharon Fatteruso. 
What has it been like for you uh, replacing someone of that stature? Well, you can't replace Sharon. Sharon Fatteruso is a force. You know, she helped open the doors for a lot of um, a lot of things. You know, I'm hearing Charlie talk right now, and you know, Copac is so so tiny. We're so small compared to all of that all of that you're talking about. You know, this is um, a a um, you know, I feel like you know, I'm I'm a resident also of Copac. You could throw a stone across the whole thing, um, but you know, a lot happens. A lot happens in a, in a small place. And it's a busy place and there's so many things that you wouldn't, you know, that, you know, we can discover, we can work on the details and Sharon did those details. And um, I've been working with Sharon for 10 years on the board myself um, uh, in different positions. So I was able to, you know, see her talents, the grace that she brought, brings to everything. Um, you know, she focuses on every flower that gets put in those planters, you know, mm -hmm. like that's she's and she puts them in the planters. She does that kind of work. So replacing her has been, um, you know, a transition for the board. I've, you know, she was there for a very long time. I have a bit of a different leadership style, um, but, you know, she celebrates it and she's been really a cheerleader for me and helping me with this moving, um, moving forward with the group, um, I would say. Um, and we, we have about 11 members now on our board. Um, so it's, but it is small, but mighty. Yeah. Um Copeg is one of 16 villages and hamlets that make up the Babylon Township. And one of the areas where the Copeg Chamber really excels, in my opinion, is your relationship with town supervisor, Rich Schaefer. Talk to me for a second about how that has benefited your chamber over the years. Um, well, you know, I didn't even, you know, notice like how, like I thought that's just how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have this really great relationship with the town and we just do um the way it's benefited us is that you know there's open communication you know anytime we're doing even the smallest function um we can we can t i mean we can talk to rich schaefer we can talk to the town and they get behind it um a small networking night that we, we want to have um you know they'll they'll get behind it i think that really adds to the value of what we're able to offer in those meetings I think it also, you know, show showcases, um, you know, some of the things that we want to get done. Um, we have gotten a lot of things done, you know, that are, you know, vanity, you could say, but, you know, to really build up if you want to have a strong business and a nice place to come to and to shop and, you know, it's got to look good. So we've got, you know, two great, beautiful new signs that we have. Um, we have uh, a corner that we got to be able to clean up a brand new clock. Um, and these things are, are pretty special to our town. And I don't think that without that relationship or that help or guidance on how to get these things done. And in a small place like this, you have to understand, we don't have a mayor. So I'm, you know, we talk about like, you know, we don't have a mayor to advocate for these things or other towns do. So we have to be the advocate that goes and makes that relationship to make these things happen. I guess Rich Schaefer is, is your mayor in a sense, right? Well, Rich Mayor, Rich Shaver makes me feel like I'm the mayor of Copeg. Makes you feel, that's good. Yeah, so. uh, I have worked with a lot of chambers over the years, and I will tell you, it's it's not that common uh, to have the kind of relationship that I have watched you have with Rich Schaefer. He has really uh, taken you guys, because you're not an incorporated village, and he's really taken you uh, under his wing and gotten a lot accomplished for you. So my hat's off to you guys for that. We're very thankful. Uh, Bob, as I mentioned, when we spoke, uh, my very first job out of college was as a disc jockey at a rock station located on Main Street in Riverhead. 
Um, obviously, the town has changed dramatically since 1983 when I first got that job. And now you're the president of the, the very large Riverhead Chamber of Commerce, not only in size of your membership, but also geographically, uh, the Riverhead Township, not to be confused with the hamlet of Riverhead, you cover another seven or eight zip codes there. Um, tell me a little bit about your experience running uh, the Riverhead Chamber of Commerce. And do you include all those surrounding uh, businesses in your chamber or is your chamber uh, exclusive to the businesses in the hamlet? No, actually, we're more like Charlie. Uh, we have nine hamlets. We have what did I say? Seven to eight? Okay, now you have nine. Okay. We have nine, and so we cover all nine of them. And uh, we, all, we work very closely with the BID, the Business Improvement District, um, and which is something that happened when I became president. Uh, and we are strong advocates for the community, anything that's going on in the community, the business community. Uh, and also uh, tourism. Tourism is a, a big thing out here. We have farms, a lot of them. We have over 3,000 acres of farmland. And it's important, I think, for everyone listening to this, that farms used to start in Brooklyn and Queens. Yeah. And, and, and some of these farmers out here, there's one that I know has been here for 300 years. And, and I'm not exaggerating, uh, places like Schmidt's Farms and Rock Camps, they actually were farming up in, in the Schmidt's or in Queens. And as development happened, they had to keep coming east to buy land and east to buy land and to continue farming. So it's very, very interesting. We're extremely protective of what we have out here. And, and uh, yeah, so I don't know what else to say. We do a lot of we do a lot of advocating. There's been uh, our downtown is going through a, a revitalization right now, and we're looking forward to that uh, happening over the next couple of years. Okay, so, you know, thank you. I'll have more questions for you, uh, and here's one: um, as the COVID uh, nineteen vaccines in New York State continue to roll out. Uh, Johnson and Johnson's one-shot vaccine should really speed up this entire process. Um, President Biden has suggested that the month of May is now a realistic time for all Americans who want a vaccine to get one. And as more people start getting vaccinated on Long Island, myself included, I'm sensing a lot of excitement and optimism, both from businesses and the residents, my neighbors, people I talk to. So, Bob, I'll come right back to you. Summertime is a busy time in Riverhead. What do you have on the chamber schedule, obviously, with fingers crossed? Uh, well, we put together a show with the bid. It's called Reflections. We took an underutilized three-and-a-half-acre park down, that's in, <clears throat> just in downtown Riverhead and created a, a sculpture show that's lit up at night. And it's really quite, quite fascinating, really, really cool. We had 6,000 people attend pre-COVID over four nights. And the other thing that we have is we have a cardboard boat race where people make cardboard boats 
and then we raced them uh, in the um, in the uh, river, which is pretty exciting. You know, so where the bay comes in in the canal, and that's that's a huge uh, event. And we also have uh, what's called Live on Twenty Five. It's it's very similar to Patchogue. We made an agreement with Patchogue years ago because they were getting so busy. We went every other Thursday night. And that's been a huge attraction for us. Great. Now, cardboard is basically paper. And paper doesn't do too well in water. How do these boats, as a little sidebar here, how do these boats float in the water? They're made out of cardboard? They're made out of cardboard and duct tape. So, uh, so you duct tape the cardboard together and it's, 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 it's fascinating to watch because you'll get groups of, you know, there might be one kid in one boat and he's basically paddling a cardboard box and, and you'll get as many as six people in a cardboard pirate ship. And, and not everybody makes it, you know, you go around a little buoy and you come back. Uh, and this, well, I can't even tell you, there's probably kids as young as like six and, and, and it goes all the way up in age. I think I'd like to come out for that. Um, Melissa, what are your expectations for the Copeg business community over the next six months? Do you have plans scheduled or are you uh, a little tentative about making any plans? Um, I, I mean, I really see things, you know, we're, we're planning. I mean, everybody's planning as if things are, are going to happen. That's the only way you're going to make it happen is if you have those plans in place. Um, you know, for us, is, again, you know, this, the park is our, um, Tanner Park is the jewel of the of the South Shore over there um, by us. And, and it's a it's right here in Copeg. I actually live a, a mile from it. And we're planning all of our events and things and activities that are going to be happening and bringing people to the area um, for the park. So we, we do intend to have those concerts, summer concerts and and those types of things that go on and really stimulate the you know, the activity in our area. So you guys are moving forward. Yes. Very exciting. Yes. Charlie, in your mind, what does the summer of 2021 look like for the Three Village Chamber? Yes, we're uh, actually planning uh, to hold our annual June awards dinner uh, outside on the lawn in front of the Three Village Inn. Uh, we're going to have the uh, jazz loft of Stony Brook uh, do some music. And uh, we're working on that right now. We've been really working and, and promoting our workshops uh, remotely. Uh, our meetings have all been being held remotely. But we feel like by the end of June, uh, we should be able to meet in person. And then every August, we have uh, a summer beach party, generally geared towards family and children at West Meadow Beach in Stony Brook. We usually have six or 700 attendees to that event. Uh, the town of Brookhaven. And yes, uh, we work closely also with the town of Brookhaven. We also have a great supervisor here, Ed Romain, uh, like Rich Schaefer. You know, they're really dean of the Suffolk supervisors and uh, they work closely with their chambers. So the town has, you know, put that permit on hold. Uh, hopefully we'll be holding this event. We, we've held it for the last 21 years. We had to cancel it last year. And then in the fall, we're looking to also have some kind of fall festival um, you know, return back to business. So, you know, we're feeling better about uh, where business is heading. It seems like Albany is finally getting the message that uh, you need to let our restaurants open. 
You need yes. to push the hours and capacity, uh, and especially the small businesses that have been uh, really lost uh, because there's no definition of really what they do. The indoor children amusement parks, the outdoor amusement parks, uh, I understand they'll finally, by the end of this month, be able to uh, open in some kind of limited capacity. We have a few members that have those type of businesses. So uh, it's, it's signs of pointing in the right direction, and we're very uh, optimistic about the future. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Like I said, I'm vaccinated, and I am raring to go, and I think uh, there's a lot of pent-up uh, excitement and enthusiasm for this to happen. Agreed. All right, we're going to we're going to step out for a quick break to tell you about some of the other wonderful programs we have on WCWP. But when we return, we're going to play Genie in a Bottle with our guests and we're going to find out what three wishes they have for their Chamber of Commerce. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Okay, just like that, we're back. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. My name is Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it's been underwritten by Maptoons, Long Island Chamber Maps, and by the Maptoons Shoppers Discount app. With over 2,500 discounts island-wide, download the Maptoons app. That's Maptoons, M-A-P-T-O-O-N-S, or simply visit shoppersdiscountcard.com. My business leaders with me today, Melissa Firms, president of the Copeg Chamber of Commerce, Charlie Lefkowitz, president of the Three Village Chamber, and Bob Kern, president of the Riverhead Chamber of Commerce. All right, so let's play Genie in a Bottle. Our listeners tell us this is their favorite part of the show because it's where we find out what three wishes our guests have for their Chamber of Commerce. Melissa, let's assume a few things. Let's assume the weather is warm. Let's also assume that you're at Tanner Park overlooking the Great South Bay, as you mentioned earlier. And let's really assume that you're taking in a live concert at the wonderful band show that you have there. And as you look onto the grass, you see a magic lantern that oddly everybody else has ignored. So you reach down, you pick it up, and when you rub on the lantern, out comes a genie. Not there to see the concert, but to grant three wishes for the Copeg Chamber of Commerce. What are they? Well, the first one would be to see the concert, to have the <laughs> concerts happening and, and, and um, to, to have them all summer long like um, we, we typically do. Even more of them because people are going to you know, want to, to enjoy those concerts there in the park. Um, but to have our fall festival that happens every uh, September, to bring it back. And that we have a, uh, an amazing fall festival. We do it every September. It's you know it's a it's a festival where people can bring their pets. We have a whole pet expo that goes on at the same time. So I'd love to see see that as a huge success uh, this year. Um, so that's that's a definitely on on that wish. One of my wishes there. Um, uh, another you know wish I would like to see if I could just poof. I'd like to see restaurants all the way opening up all over. Um, um, all over Great Neck Road down in, um, in Copeg and, and along Montauk Highway in our area. You know, everybody comes out to eat and, you know, that's a, that's a good, you know, sense that you know that you have a thriving community when you see those, uh, when you see people coming out and, and eating and people come out to eat, they're going to shop in all the areas as well. 
Um, and I also like to really see a lift in our minority owned businesses in our town. I like to see, you know, really, you know, celebration of, of them and, 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 and bring, you know, bring that out to the forefront. So those would be my. Okay. Can we go back to wish number one for a second? Oh, um, yeah, sure. What are you hearing about uh, concert bookings for the summer? Is that being discussed or? It's being discussed. Yes. It's okay. happening. Yes. We're, we're in, in discussions or in the works. Because that's a wonderful uh, facility you have down there by the water. I mean, oh a lot of people don't know about it, but that's another Rich Schaefer thing. Yeah. Well, when I, when I, you know, I'm hearing, you know, you know, I, I appreciated, you know, both, um, you know, everybody talking here about how long it takes for things to happen. And it's take, it's a long progression for this, to see this park to be, and it's where it's gotten, you know, how beautiful it is and how up to date, how modern and, I mean, it's it's a, really a, just a beautiful vacation spot just to go there. So, and yes, we've had such, you know, we're so thankful to have, you know, good leadership, like, you know, Richie Schaefer coming out and being able to make sure this this happens for us, you yeah. know, down. It's good. And speaking of restaurants, like Riverhead, you have a, a you're a hotbed of Polish, uh, delicious Polish restaurants and delis. Yes, we do. We do. There's like, it's all like hidden gems. That you wouldn't, you know, that you, you just, you got to just experience it. You got to go in there and experience it. Okay. Thanks. Um, Charlie, several years ago, uh, I visited the Long Island Museum in Stony Brook um, to view an exhibit of uh, master builder Robert Moses. Um, so let's say you're at that museum and what looks like a lantern on display is actually a magic lantern, just waiting to give you three wishes for the three villages. What are you wishing for? Well, you know, with the Museum of Stony Brook is one of our uh, chamber members and we actually hold an annual breakfast or lunch there. So I think what Melissa echoed is being able to actually, you know, go out and have our meetings, have our events, our June event, our August event, um, and, and just shake hands with people, be able to meet uh, with our executive board uh, in person, and uh, the rest of the uh, chamber membership as a whole. Uh, you know, we're really looking forward to our August event. And, uh, you know, it looks overlooks uh, the great Long Island Sound, beautiful sunset views uh, over Connecticut. And, uh, you know, if on August, I think it's 8th, 9th or 10th, uh, that Wednesday evening, if we're all there, uh, then you know that uh, one of the dreams have come true. Um, if you can ask me about the other two dreams, uh, it's more for the community at large. We, we call it the drawer dreams in the three villages, uh, not the genie in the bottle, but the uh, drawer dreams for us is really uh, getting the Long Island Railroad, the MTA, and uh, our, our, the governor and, and all the elected officials in the state to finally look at the feasibility of an electric railroad between Huntington and Port Jefferson. Uh, this is something that has been talked about. One of our fame, uh, our, our former uh, chamber presidents was uh, head of the railroad union. Uh, he advocated for that. I know now that ridership is off, but this is something that, you know, 50, 100 years from now, if that could happen. And the third dream is another infrastructure project. It would be uh, a municipal sewer district uh, from the Stony Brook Yacht Club right down 25A, past the museums, through Setauket, 
uh, East Setauket and ending uh, a little past the famous Seaport Deli. Um, you know, that would help our community develop uh, properly. It'd also be great for our environment uh, because, you know, right now we are only on septic systems. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, most of that ends up in our bays and harbors. Uh, so those are the three dreams um, that I see for uh, the three village community. I want to back up for a second. Uh, in your open, you had mentioned, um, speaking of membership, you have 250 resident members. Is that that well, I understand? Oh, uh, business members. We, we, you know, we have about 150 active, you know, people that generally show up and participate. Uh, and we have two up to 250 that are, you know, would, would call themselves members, uh, oh, you know, at any okay. time. They'll show up maybe for the beach party. Uh, they'll show up for the awards dinner. Um, but we, we, you know, that's our, we feel we're 150 uh, members strong. But when I mean 150, I mean, you know, those are people that actually, you know, know who our board of directors are, uh, come to our events. And we actually, I believe, are the largest uh, chamber in the town of Brookhaven. We're also members and, and active members. I don't know if you're familiar with the Brookhaven Coalition of Chambers. Um, uh, we had the Suffolk Alliance on little uh, different. several months ago, but that's a different organization. Right. This is uh, this is founded many years ago by uh, Barbara Ransom and uh, Lowell Sand. Uh, this is just in the town of Brookhaven. Uh, I think it's 16 or 18 chambers. And, uh, you know, we, every year there's an awards dinner. Uh, there's a, a, a Brookhaven Recovery Task Force, which our chamber is fortunate to have three members on that task force. So it's all the chambers in the town of Brookhaven working along with local government uh, to assist uh, us, our businesses on, on a reopening plan. You know, it's, out, it's, it's helping the outdoor dining and the restaurants. Uh, Brookhaven was the first town that came up with a code. There's a no fee application that we did. And uh, this is something that the task force was uh, really on the forefront of. And we've had other municipalities uh, throughout New York State reach out to Brookhaven and some of the individual chambers on how did you turn that around so fast and can you share that documentation with us? So, um, you know, that was a great organization to be part of the recovery task force. Um, getting back to the Long Island Railroad, at what point uh, on the line there does it switch from electric to diesel? In Huntington. And, oh, you did uh, mention that. In Huntington, that's yes, when- Huntington. So we, we actually have met, we, we, we have a, a, a lobbyist who's a chamber member doing some pro bono work for us. We met with the current supervisor of Huntington, uh, Smithtown, and Brookhaven. And we've probably spoken to all the elected officials, the former two state senators, the new two state senators, the assembly people. There isn't an elected official that is not uh, supportive of this feasibility study, but you know, at, at eighteen or twenty million dollars uh, a mile, it's a very expensive undertaking. So there has to be a, a very uh, detailed engineering study that it has to be done in this feasibility. There has to be an economic study that has to be done, and once uh, you know that data is compiled, it'll it'll really tell does this make sense to do. And uh, what is the real cost of it? Hmm. Um, you mentioned you have 250 members. Melissa, how many members in the, the COPEG chamber? We have um, we have about 80 members. 80, right. Okay, Bob, what about you? Uh, we have 200, 
and I don't know, close to 250 or reaches to about 600. Hmm. Wow. So you're close to 600, I hear that, 600 members? Well, we have, we have about 250 members, right. but we have, you know, on and off, we, we continue to communicate to our members that are not members anymore. Oh, okay. Right. Sure. All right, Bob, uh, when I worked in Riverhead, um, the radio station was situated on the second floor above a bar. And I can actually remember the bar being so loud that I would think to myself, this probably isn't an ideal spot for a radio station. Um, ownership eventually figured that out and moved the station to Melville several, year, several years later. But let's just say you're one of those people in the bar below. And instead of bringing you a beer, the bartender brings you an empty bottle. And while there's no liquid in the bottle, there's a genie in the bottle. And the genie wants to grant you three wishes for the Riverhead Chamber. What are your three wishes? Well, uh, one of them is uh, I would really like to see the state take young people seriously and, and give them the kind of funding that the schools need. Uh, so they get the proper education moving into the 21st century. I think that's critical. Um, that's one. And we just started a program with the high school called Chamber Tank, which does mimic Shark Tank, uh, hmm. where business uh, people are coaching teams of students that will present. And I'm, I'm hoping that that will be a huge success. Everybody's really excited about that. Um, and I had another one that I wrote down. I can't read. Uh, I want to see our chamber to continue to move into the 21st century. Because uh, I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys uh, on here, but I know when I first became president, I've been president, I think, for five years. I'm the longest president they've had. It was kind of stagnant and not keeping up with the times. Uh, so I just hope that that continues. And can I just thank Charlie for doing the outdoor permit? Because Charlie, uh, thanks to Brookhaven, we used that exact permit that I was fortunate enough to get from Neil Foley, one of your town uh, uh, Brookhaven yes. board members. Yes, Councilman Foley represents the village of Hatchog, and they were uh, big advocates of that. You're welcome. I'll pass that along on my recovery task force call. No, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Okay, so there's, there's your wishes from our guests here. When we come back, we're gonna ask a leader, and that's where I stop asking the questions, and I'm gonna let our guests take the mic. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. This is Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. I'm Mark Snyder. Chamber Chatter is a monthly roundtable discussion with today's Long Island business leaders, and it's been underwritten by Maptoon's Long Island Chamber Maps. Let me reintroduce my three guests with me today. Charlie Lefkowitz, president of the Three Village Chamber of Commerce, Melissa Firms, president of the Copeg Chamber of Commerce, and Bob Kern, president of the Riverhead Chamber. All right, it's time to ask a leader. And this is where I turn over the microphone and I let our guests ask the questions. And Melissa, you have a couple of very experienced chamber leaders on the program with you today. Do you have a question for either or both of them? 
Well, um, you know, I have, I, I could have a lot of questions. I mean, this is some real, you know, talents I could learn so much from, from both of you, even just talking today, learning so much. Um, but I really like, you know, I would like to know how you can, like, what partnerships have you made with, like, I'm, I'm really looking at Charlie here with, you know, Stony Brook. And you were talking about, um, you know, how that sometimes could be like it's a it's the greatest challenge, but it's also a great blessing. Like, what what programs have you done specifically with a hospital like that? Um, you know, it's a in for the community or to leverage like, you know, good things for the businesses in the area. Well, one of the things we did is uh, we try to understand what our our chamber members want, and uh, you know, if you drive down Nichols Road and you see those two towers, and now they built a cancer center and a children's hospital, a lot of our chamber members just didn't know, you know what goes on over there. So many years ago, uh, along with some of the other St. James, Smithtown and Port Jefferson chamber, uh, we would have the head of Stony Brook uh, Hospital meet with uh, all the chamber leaders in the lobby of the hospital. And uh, you know, just go over uh, where the hospital uh, is as far as their plans on expansion, on construction, um, on what kind of services that they provide for the community. Um, we also have uh, the public information officer uh, for Stony Brook and the community development director for Stony Brook University Hospital on our chamber board, as well as a very senior uh, level uh, university official uh, that works very closely with the president's offices, is also on our board of directors. So. Um, each board member, uh, you know, brings a unique business background, but the ones that serve at the university uh, really bring uh, academia, business, uh, and hospital relations uh, directly to the community. And even at our board of directors meetings, what we do is we have a segment where we hear from uh, the two university representatives, uh, either at the beginning of the meeting or at the end of the meeting, they'll let us know what's happening on campus. Uh, we also have a newspaper editor that sits in our board of directors. Uh, and usually when the university people speak, I mean, that's the first time that anyone in the community is really getting firsthand information about what's happening on that uh, you know, city within our, our community. And uh, I, I think just establishing better lines of communication uh, has been really helpful. And it also sounds like that's great information that you're giving out to the community that they wouldn't have had otherwise, you know, um, exactly. well, yeah. and what we tried to do is, you know, there was a lot of miscommunications with the university on what their plans were. Uh, there was a lot of housing issues within, you know, the uh, three village community with student housing uh, that created some uh, quality of life issues. So, you know, the chamber, the civic association, the town of Brookhaven, and the university all really came to the table uh, just to help have some open conversations about those issues, along with some community activists. And uh, I think we've quelled a lot of that, you know, miscommunication and misinformation uh, that may be out there about what's going on. You know, it's nice to see the synergy between the, the chamber and the university. And it reminds me a lot, um, the Farmingdale Chamber, um, I've been involved with them over the years. And 
similar types of synergies where there are a number of people from the Farmingdale Chamber who come down from the Farmingdale University, excuse me, who come down to the meetings, they give updates, they work on projects together. And um, it's good to it's good to see that because I think that, that that's that's important. Um, Bob, how about you? You got a question for our leaders with us today? Sure. Um, I'm going to preface it with this. We've been pre-COVID working with New York State Labor Department uh, to try and get some labor laws changed so that young people could, uh, when I say young, 15 to 17 year olds could get back into the workplace right now with the way the current laws are written. Um, uh, businesses were getting fined $300 if, if anybody in that age range uh, punched out for a break and they were they put, and they only got 14 minutes instead of 15 minutes, businesses would find $300. So I'm just curious, are you guys, and also the, the ability uh, to make it really simple for, for students, say 16, 17, to do apprenticeships uh, and internships at businesses. Have you guys faced with that at all? Or looked at that? No, we, we have not. That is not an issue. Uh... That has come across the three village chambers uh desk at this point i can see in riverhead you have uh you know splish splash and the outlets and i'm sure uh you know the employment of that age group is is greatly affected but uh we have not seen that issue in our community okay yeah splish splash and the aquarium are the only two that really hire in that age range as tanger used to but because of the amount of fines, they stopped doing it. I'm just, I just get really concerned because I think, again, you look at kids that are 13, 14, they have YouTube channels, they're very successful. They're learning how to do that. And I don't think they're given enough respect. I look at what they're doing. I was doing in my, you know, my early 20s, they're doing in their teens. Well, and I could talk in a little bit of respect of the, the, the internships. I know that they were not, I have so many students that came and didn't, weren't able to get their internships. So we did create a pathway for them to do internships online. So we've been, you know, we have a cohort of the of students that are able to do that and get that experience. But um, having come across the, the other layer that you're talking about there, um, how it's impacting their work. I'd be curious, I'd be interested if you could share with me, I mean, if it may not be time now, but, how you doing this internship uh, online? I, I, I'd be real interested in that. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, we have um, virtual sessions that we that are actually that are open to the community um, through a process, and they're about art or storytelling. Um, you know, things that would keep you know younger children involved, and the teens are the perfect um, kids to help run them. Sometimes they even learn how to you know, work the Zoom real well, be a good Zoom co-host and help, um, you know, orchestrate the sessions and get that experience. I appreciate that. Sure. Okay, Charlie, a question for Riverhead, Copeg, or both? Oh, I'll throw it out there to both. Uh, you know, certainly in the last 12 months, you know, our programming on a monthly basis and our, our meetings have really changed. We've gone to this Zoom uh, format. Uh, how do you see both of your chambers uh, presenting programming, interesting topics of discussion for chamber members um, on a monthly basis? 
And, you know, how do you grow your membership and, and show value to the local businesses uh, to encourage them to continue to renew and, and support uh, the local chambers? You know, that's one of our obstacles. We're always faced with that challenge. It's a great question. Who wants to take it? Alyssa, I, I mean, go ahead. All right, so I'll start. So Charlie, I mean, what, one of the things that we did, we were medics to small businesses um, and to help them through this process, uh, how to pivot, how to get on, you know, early on with online, et cetera. Um, and even had some restaurants that did, uh, they packaged food and sold boxes of food. Um, there is, we continue with Zoom. We are starting this month, we will go back to live networking. We're doing uh, both a Zoom networking and a live networking. And one of our board members, he's great. He's like played host on Zoom meetings and no normally Zoom meetings are really boring. I can tell you they go on for an hour and a half, two hours uh, because people are having so much fun. There's also, um, there's a game and I think it's called Kahoot. Uh, I will find it for you, but it's really, really excellent. What it does is it allows a business owner to ask questions and everybody participates. So it's a game and it's, it's really wild, but what they're doing is actually educating you about their business. Okay. And, and at the end, they, gave prizes out to people. And I have to, again, I was shocked because, you know, you get on these Zoom calls, uh, not this one per se, but, you know, you get on Zoom calls and you sit there and you say, when is this going to be over? But we've had a lot of exciting Zoom calls. And when people, and it doesn't matter the size of them, I've always been a proponent of quality is much more important than quantity. So even if eight people get on, you know, if you do a networking thing and you got 40 people, you really touch a little bit with everybody, right? But when you're on with eight people, you really dive deeper. And all of a sudden, you're, that relationship gets, gets larger. That's been our experience. Melissa, you were nodding your head. Are you familiar with Kahoot? Well, we, yes, we do Kahoot. That's one of the things that the students are doing, right? They're doing Kahoot all the time. But we have a Friday night bingo show where all the businesses can be involved. It's on Zoom. We're addicted to this addicted to this Friday night show. Every business gets to put a prize on the, you know, in the box and we talk about it and every business gets to come on and talk. Like I I know that we're gonna keep doing this pandemic, no pandemic. We're gonna keep doing this every Friday night. And we also did drive in movie nights in our in our Ace Hardware is our big partner for the, you know, they opened up this lot. And so we do a drive-in for the, everybody comes out and we do commercials and we, with the kids and everything, set up and made commercials for um, all of the businesses. And we broadcast the commercials during intermission. And then we set up tents along the side of the building for all the businesses to be able to, you know, just keep, keep it, keep it, keep it open, keep it lively, bring out some of the pizza places, you know, keep it connected. Um, I'm not sure if that was exactly your question of like the value, but that was how we kept the value going during this time. Um, and I, those are things like, I don't know if we could give some of that up, <laughs> especially, you know, we really got some good things going with that. Well, I will yeah. say that one of the things uh, 
a sort of common thread throughout this pandemic that I'm hearing from chambers on this program is that they're finding these Zoom um, meetings are better attended and more productive than the general meetings they used to have. Now, you hear it once, you go, okay, but you start to hear it two, three, four, five times from different presidents, and you say, you know what, maybe there's something to it. A Zoom meeting is a heck of a lot easier. I mean, you, you're all sitting in your offices or wherever talking to our audience. Um, there may be something to it. Well, we spoke about that because if we have a chamber luncheon in an hour and a half, you know, it's 15 minutes to shut your computer off, get out of the office, another 10 or 15 minutes to drive to the meeting. And then it generally starts a little late. So that hour and a half meeting could be turning into two and a half or three hours of time. And, you know, the efficiency of doing things, uh, especially our board meetings, I, I'd, I'd like to, you know, know with the other chambers, you know, we're redoing our bylaws, just knowing that uh, Zoom meetings uh, will be an official meeting, taking votes over Zoom or by email uh, will constitute a real vote. You know, we've been struggling with that. And if uh, anyone could share any, you know, bylaw updates that they've done with their chambers, you know, we're, we're certainly uh, would love to hear from, from both of you on that issue also. Any bylaw changes yeah. to talk about? Yeah, two years ago, what we did was we uh, made voting by email um, and it didn't have to be unanimous, it was majority. We put that into our bylaws to you know include electronic voting, um, which would, and now you're mentioning Zooms, we probably should slip that in there as well. So we're, that's what we're struggling with, that, that, that overhaul of both. Just sounds like we need an update. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what that sounds like. Hey, hey Bob, uh, I want to shift gears for a second here. Um, you've been president for five years now. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about the role of the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, in my travels as a salesman, I have come across so many businesses who either A, never heard of the Chamber of Commerce, B, they've heard of a chamber, but they've never been approached to join. C, they were members years ago, had a falling out with someone in the group and left and never came back. And D, and I hear this from time to time, they think the Chamber of Commerce is a bank. Um, now, I'm going to make a sweeping generalization here, but I'll ask you this question. Why wouldn't a business want to be part of their local Chamber of Commerce? I think the answer to that question is it's really up to the chambers to promote what they do. And advocating is a big deal uh, for one. I mean, we have, a, we have a list of things that we do for businesses, but advocating for businesses because, you know, we've, we've seen changes of administrations come in and they might be business friendly, not business friendly, et cetera, et cetera. Um, through, through our chamber, we started a business advisory committee with the town of Riverhead because it became absolutely necessary because of, you know, people have problems and they would come to us uh, and we would, we would get new members. They didn't realize what we did. And, uh, you know, so it just, but I think the big, uh, to go back to what I said, I think it's really on the shoulders of the chambers to get the word out as to what they do for the community, 
and you know, for the business community, again, you know, we started in 1959 in the in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, chambers were really important entities. Now we're in the electronic space. They're still really, really important and they're extremely relevant. Everybody does networking stuff. And we not only that, but we bring, you know, top people to business, to lunches, to breakfast, to dinners, uh, to uh, to share um, their expertise with our chamber members. So I think that, you know, it's the best I can describe it right now. We do so much, it's hard for me to remember all of it. All right. We still have a few minutes remaining. So as always, I'd like to give our guests the opportunity to talk a little bit about what they do when they're not leading their chamber of commerce, which takes up a lot of their time. But um, Melissa, tell us about your day job. Well, um, I'm the president and founder of Kids Need More, which is a nonprofit organization that serves children and families coping with the trauma of serious illness. Um, we run camp programs. Actually, we have a 30-year-old um, uh, sleepaway camp program for children with cancer and their siblings. I'm a social worker, and um, I used, you know, and that's how I got involved with the chamber from the start um, as a as a social worker. And then I, I had no idea that I would be in the be in this uh, zone here, leading the chamber. But I think hmm. it gives an interesting, you know, balance. Um, of, you know, looking at it from, from that perspective. So. Charlie, as the who, as the who once asked, who are you? <laughs> oh, we lost your mic there, Charlie. Start over there. I think we lost you. Oh, you got me now? Yeah. Yes. We'll edit, so, that, to we'll, we'll edit that together. So putting the hat on, uh, I am the uh, president of uh, multiple commercial and residential real estate companies, um, third-party management real estate company, that's Campo Services of New York, uh, Lewis Lefkowitz Realty, which is a four-generation commercial, uh, primarily retail uh, in the boroughs, uh, ownership of uh, retail business. Then there's Calco Development, which uh, is based out in Port Jefferson, we're working on some suburban renewal projects, uh, some multifamily, some affordable housing, first generation housing, building housing for, for young people to stay in the communities. Um, and then Realty 3, which is a partnership with my brother and brother-in-law, and we've done some uh, industrial development. Uh, now we're do building some public storage uh, facilities, both in the town of Islip and the town of Brookhaven. Um, so it's a mirror of uh, lots of commercial and residential real estate companies. I have a staff of 33. Uh, we have offices both in Jericho and uh, most of our staff is in Port Jefferson Station. So the real question for Charlie is when does he sleep, right? Bob, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, in the last 30 seconds here or so. Okay. So I, I've had several companies in my life from advertising agency, apparel company, computer business, biotech company, uh, and, and a couple of more that I don't even remember what they were. But right now, really involved in community equity. Um, I, I do a lot of consulting, marketing consulting, strategizing. And I would say I'm more of an opportunity engineer, finding where the opportunities are and engineering them. And Charlie, I'm really interested 
in uh, how you're doing. Uh, if we could connect some time on first-time home ownership, which I think is critical for Long Island. Yes, and I want to speak to you about uh, the municipal sewer in uh, downtown Riverhead and some of the uh, federal money that Riverhead received on that project. Sure. Okay. That was fun. Thanks. My three Thank guests you. today, Melissa Firms, president of the small but mighty Copeg Chamber of Commerce, Charlie Lefkowitz, president of the Three Village Chamber, and Bob Kern, president of the Riverhead Chamber of Commerce. You've been listening to Chamber Chatter on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. Chamber Chatter is also available as a podcast. Visit WCWP.org forward slash Chamber Chatter. And also on YouTube, search WCWP Studios. Chamber Chatter has been underwritten by MapTunes, Long Island Chamber Maps. Special thanks to my good friend, Dan Cox. He is the Director of Broadcasting at WCWP. And Audrey Varnas, my engineer for today's program. Also a shout out to Rick Walsh from our Chamber Chatter affiliate in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, who joins us today via Zoom to check things out. My name is Mark Snyder. Remember to always keep your local businesses in mind when making your purchasing decisions. Coming up next, Project Independence and you. Have a fun weekend, everyone. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.